Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of every year, uh, I actually, at the end of every year, but getting ready for the beginning of every year, I take, I take a significant amount of time to really seek and press into the Lord about what he has for me in the new year, what, what he wants for me to do. And, and, and it's more than just goal setting. This is what isn't goal setting. I, I've been reaching out to the Lord, calling upon the Lord to, to show me what he wants to show me, to speak to me what he wants to, to share with me, and, and to tell me what his will is, not just for my life, and, but, but for this year, and for, for what he wants us to do, and what he wants to accomplish. And, and I believe that the Lord speaks to us when we do that. When we press into God, God, God comes and he shares and he talks with us. And there's one thing, I, I will tell you, I'm not completely 100% sure of everything the Lord has spoken to me, but I will promise you this, the Lord has spoken to me about this coming year. And the one thing, the one thing that I'm positive about is, is the Lord has said, Okay, we're entering what? A new season with without my mic and uh, <laughs> and uh, but we're entering into a new season and I believe that is a word for us to keep being reminded of and in this coming season hear me on this because this is something the Lord has been pressing. I've been sharing this with people over the last uh, few weeks, actually, as, as I've discerned what the Lord has been saying uh, to me. But in this new season, I believe it's going to be increasingly more important for us to hear the voice of the Lord, to hear the voice of God more carefully than we ever have before in our lives. I believe as, as the days grow uh, towards the, if you will, the, uh, the, the, the day of the Lord, as the Bible speaks about it, we are going to have to learn how to be more dependent upon his voice. We're going to have to learn how to more clearly hear what God is saying and be able and willing to do what God is calling us to do. And, uh, you know, in this world we live in, there's a lot of very loud competing voices. There's a lot of loud competing voices. And I believe if we're not careful in these times, those loud and competing voices that we hear in this world will drown out the only voice that really matters. And that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God in our lives. And, and so I believe with, with every passing day, we must learn how to be more diligent to hear his voice clearer. We must be more diligent in to follow him every step of the way or we'll miss him. How many remember the story in the Bible of the ten virgins? How many know that, that some missed, missed the Lord? You see, we are going to have to learn to hear him clearly, to listen, to be quiet, to quiet our hearts, to quiet ourselves, and to hear him. And when we've heard him, know that we know that we know that we've heard him and do 
what he's calling us to do. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians. You can go to chapter 4. You can hold your finger there. We may go back uh, one chapter uh, first, but go to book of Philippians chapter 4. I believe that the old season, that I believe the old season has come to an end. How many of you will say in your life there's a season that's come to an end? You look past over the past of your life and you say, that season is gone. See, I believe we're, we're, this old season that we've been in has come to an end and we're coming into a new season. But first, I believe what we are now in right now is what I believe is a transition season. Say transition season. Transition is actually the title of my message today because I want you to understand what I'm talking about and where it's at in the Bible. But transition is another word for change. How many of you like change? I see maybe one hand, you know, maybe a few hands. Most people don't like change, right? But that's what transition, it's another word for, for change. It's something people don't like. I, I've heard over these last few weeks, I can't wait until 2021 is over, right? But the problem with that is I remember hearing the same thing at 2020 and 2019, 2018, and I think what people are really saying is they can't wait for the year and the circumstances of the year to come to an end and for me to get some new circumstances. But see, what that keeps us from doing is accepting the responsibility ourselves of changing. You see, the real change must come in us. If you want real change, you have to change yourself. Somebody say amen, right? Amen. <laughs> amen. Change or transition. Change is scary. How many know change can be scary? Change, I will promise you, if you'll look at it different, will be exciting. But change can also be scary. It's because it requires letting go. Change or transition requires letting go of the old before you can ever get the new. How many know you can't ever get the new until you let go of the old? Are you hearing me? It's like a base runner in baseball. Until that base runner gets off first base, he'll never get to second. There comes a point where that base runner has to say, I'm letting go of this, and I'm going to run to try to get to second. And in between first and second, that's transition. That's transition. In the book of Philippians, we're going to first look at chapter 3, verse 13. The apostle Paul says, so he's basically saying here, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't laid hold of the prize or run the race. What he's saying is, I've let go of something, but I haven't laid hold of something. Okay? And in verse 13, he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That's transition. Forgetting what's behind, reaching but not grasping it yet, 
That's called transition. That's what change is all about. Verse 14, Paul says, but I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. What he's saying there is I've let go of the past. I'm reaching towards the future and what God has for me. And But I'm right now in the middle. I am in the middle of this transition. I'm in the middle of this place for change. You see, transition is forgetting or letting go of the past without knowing the future. Having an idea, having a vision of where I'm going, but not having a hold of it. You see, and some of us, some of you, need to let go of the past. I'm going to say that again. Some of you need to let go of some things in your past because you'll never you'll never reach forward. You'll never be able to get from first to second. You'll never be able to go. You'll never be able to, to be what God's called until you let go of the past so that you can reach. You just, just got to start reaching, but you got to let go before you can reach for what God has for you, what he calls the upward call of Christ Jesus. I want you to hear this. The, the driving force behind transition is believing that my tomorrow is better than my yesterday and my future is better than my past. You see, faith says my tomorrow, what God has for me, what God is calling me to is much better than what I've left. It's much better than what I've... The problem with so many people today is we live in the past. Oh, we talk about the good days. No, I'm going to tell you, the good days are ahead. The good days are the upward call of Christ Jesus in your life. The good days are not what we've come from. It's what God is calling us to. Can somebody say amen? But you got to let go of the past. you got to let go of those things before you'll ever be able to get there. You see, it's, it's time to step off first base, church. How many want to run the race? I'm telling you, if you want to run the race, you got to step off. you got to let go of first so you can get to second. We do two things here at New Life every year, and we call it the Spiritual Growth Challenge. And they're on your seats this morning. You can look on your chairs, and you'll see it's a little form, and it looks like this. I'm just going to give you a little bit of instruction on it because I believe that this, that this spiritual growth challenge is something that will challenge you. This is not something you have to be accountable to us for or, or anything anybody's going to check up with. This is for you to challenge yourself spiritually this year. And I want to just I want to just run through this with you. It's it's the 2022 spiritual growth challenges. It says what can God God do in and through you in 2022? How do you like that one? I'm just a poet, don't know it, right? I rhyme all the time. So <laughs> but the context here is if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. I'm going to tell you folks, if it doesn't challenge you in life, it won't change you. It won't change you. So I'm just going to give you quickly, there's, there's, there's seven points that I want to make here uh, in this spiritual growth challenge real fast. One is take the one-year Bible challenge. That doesn't mean you read the Bible in one year. It means whatever that means to you. I read 30 minutes a day. I read one, uh, one chapter a day. I, I, whatever it means to you, 
That's what that is. Pray 30 minutes every day. Determine. Set the time. Put it in your calendar. I'm going to pray at least 30 minutes. Pray an hour if you want. Pray 15 minutes if that's all. But pray every day. Attend growth track. Growth track is something we do. We start a brand new growth track today. It, it, it helps you learn about new life, about our church, who we are, where we're going, what our vision is. It, it, but the thing about growth track is it challenges you to take your next steps forward. And so I want to challenge you, take growth track, join the dream team. The end of growth track is becoming part of a team here, becoming part of our hospitality team, our kids team, our worship team, all of the various teams. In the back, there's a group of guys you don't see very often. It's called our AV team. And, and you know, it's, it's becoming part of, of a team of people who serve. It's a challenge. Connect with a life group. I'm going to tell you, life changes in small groups. I'm going to say that again. Life changes in small groups, and that's what, that's what our life groups are. They're small groups. We'll begin meeting in the next couple, in the next few weeks, and we'll be talking more about them. But if you want real life change, you got to determine to do some things yourself, but, but you need to be in a small group. I'm in several small groups, some of our own groups here, but also I'm in a pastoral group, of an accountability group, and life change over the, the I think it's about 13 years I've been in this one group of, of pastors, and life changes in that group. And if I'm not changing and growing, they challenge me to change and grow. And so those are good things, okay? Uh, complete and turn in. There's a card there. It's called the Faith Declaration Card. The Bible tells you, declare a thing and it shall be established. How many know that if you begin to declare something in your life, it will be established? The Faith Declaration Card is simply something for you. It, it helps us uh, as a church to know our financial, uh, our, our financial uh, income and all projected and so forth. But it also, it's a challenge for you to determine within yourself what you're going to do. So it's a faith declaration card. They're on your seats. Take them with you. Keep one. Uh, turn the other one in within the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, that will challenge you. Tithing is one of the things in my life that challenges me, and time and time and time again, God blesses us because of it. But that's not why I do it. I do it because God says to do it. I do it because it changes me. The last thing is week of prayer and fasting. Today, we begin a week of prayer and fasting here. We start off the year with a week of prayer and fasting. If you notice on, our, on, on both sides what we call our prayer walls, we put this up for our time of prayer and fasting, and those are our prayer walls. And there, there's, what we want you to do is to share your prayer requests, share the things you want people to, to, to agree with you in prayer. You can write them on the prayer request, on the prayer walls. You can write them on the connection cards. Today we're doing something different. The reason I told you to take those connection cards is I want you to take the card, go ahead and tear that card off on the bottom of your, of your connection card and write your prayer request and at the end of the service or whenever you feel led to, just come and put it on the altar. This is a stage, but it's also an altar, okay? And I want you just to come and put those cards. We're going to be praying over these all week long. And so the week of prayer and fasting, we will be meeting every night. Tonight, we'll be here from 6 to 7. 
uh, and, and the purpose of it is, is worship and prayer and time pressing into God. And so I want to challenge you to join us for the week of prayer and fasting. This is not just for staff. It's not just for members. It's, it's for everybody who says, I want to change. I need God in my life. I want to move forward. It's a good way to start it. So we'll see you from at 6 tonight and write those prayer requests down. And I promise you that, it's, that it will make a difference. Amen? And so we look here at what Paul says. He says, one thing I know, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. We're talking about transition and about getting off first base and getting to second base. And the question I have for you this year, the question for you to ponder in your heart and mind is, what can God do in and through you in 2022? What can God do? Have you ever had dreams that are way beyond what you could ever think or imagine? Have you ever had, has God ever put within you a dream of something so big that you can't imagine you accomplishing it or you being a part of it? I'm going to tell you, what can God do in, how can he change you, and through, how can you change the world this year? Can somebody say amen? So we're going to go back. We're going to read a verse. We're going to read a passage out of uh, Philippians four this time. So move a chapter, move a chapter forward into Philippians four, and Philippians four, starting with verse one. Paul writes. He has a. There's a church here in the in the city of Philippi, and he's writing to some of his very close and dear friends in this church. And let me. I'll read this to you. Follow along. By the way, your message notes are in the U version app. If you want to go to the U version app click that. Uh, you go to the bottom, light, bottom right where it says more, hit events, and you'll see our new life there. And you can have all of our message notes. Save them. Take them home. Write in them. You can, you can write in, in them as well. Okay? So Paul writes here, starting in verse 1, uh, chapter 4, book of Philippians. He says, Therefore, my beloved and long-far brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved, I implore you, Adia, and I implore Sintaichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. How many know there's a thing called the book of life? And how many know that it's a very... It's a very special club or small group. Maybe it's not so small. I hope it's not, right? But he says here, he's talking about all of these people that their names are in the book of life. And he says, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, will, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. And that day we'll get a breakthrough. And it's not because we're powerful prayer warriors or anything. She is. I'm not. But, but, but it's, it's, it's mainly because we stop and we agree. We come into this like-mindedness. We call it the prayer of agreement. And I encourage you every day, find somebody you can pray that prayer of agreement with. Become like-minded. The first foundation for standing strong in the Lord in the middle of your transition, the middle of your changes, is be single-minded. Be of the mind for standing strong 
is be joyful. Somebody say, be joyful. We sang about it. There's joy in the house of the Lord. We sang about that this morning, right? Paul says in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord, or be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say what? Rejoice. How do you know the root word for rejoice is joy? The root word for rejoice is joy. And rejoice means to have joy over and over and over. Keep saying it with me. And over and over, right? I'm going to tell you, God created us to have joy. And he created us with a need to have joy. The problem is most people think it's either an emotion or it's based on a circumstance or it's based on something that is, 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 is not, uh, that is maybe out of our control. It's not within our control. But joy is something God intends for you to have and he gives it to you. He's willing to give it to you. And Paul says here, rejoice in the Lord. Have joy over and over and over every single day. Amen? The Bible tells us that it's not an option. Joy, you need to think of joy in your life. It's not an I will have joy today. I will look in the mirror and say, Steve, you're going to have joy today. Why? Because joy, joy is God's will for me. In fact, Nehemiah 8.10, I've been reading the book of Nehemiah. You're going to see on the prayer walls, it says rebuilding the wall. One of the things the Lord's talked to me about this year is it's time to rebuild the walls. And what I'm talking about that is in the book of Nehemiah, they rebuilt the walls of the city. And I believe that there's some rebuilding that's going to take place in your personal life, but uh, I believe in new life there's some rebuilding taking place this year. But Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Tell me God doesn't want you to have joy. Why? Because God wants you to be strong in the Lord, Right? Amen? So the first foundation for standing strong through transition is one, be of single-mindedness. Be of the mind of Christ, okay? Be of single minds. The second is be joyful. Be joyful. The third foundation for standing strong is be prayerful. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Okay, am I the only one that's getting excited? I'll just have a party up here. <laughs> but the third foundation is be prayerful. Paul says in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Everything by what? Prayer and supplication. Supplication is bringing requests before the Lord. Prayer is, is a relationship with God. Prayer is, is spending time with him, talking with him, getting to know him, sharing yourself with him. Supplication means, God, I'm bringing you my requests. You're gonna, I hope that you'll fill these altars with prayer requests. I hope you'll write all over the prayer walls with your prayer requests. You can also go to our website and send us prayer requests. You can text that that for life to 94,000, send us your prayer request. There is, there is no excuse for you not to share your prayer request and have people in this church who will be praying in agreement with you all week long and actually all year long, all the time. Amen? So Paul says, everything by prayer and supplication. If you go back to the book of Acts, one of my favorite reads 
is, is the first part. I love all of Acts, but the first part of the book of Acts because it gives us a picture of what the church Jesus built and established looks like. And in, the, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see this first church, the church that Jesus built. How many know Jesus built the church? It probably doesn't look a whole lot like it did then today, but still, Jesus built the church. We have to understand, we love the church because Jesus loved the church. We, we, we stand with the church because Jesus still today stands with the church. But in this picture here, in, in Acts 2.42, it says, they, speaking of all the people of the first church, says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, or teaching, fellowship, that means being together, and breaking of bread, eating meals together. But then it says, and in prayers. One of the things they stood strongly in was in prayer, in prayer. That's why we're doing this week of prayer and fasting. After this week, we'll have a weekly midweek prayer service every Wednesday night from 6 to 7. We're changing that in uh, this year, and so we're going to go to this 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. midweek prayer meeting every Wednesday night after this week. But join us this week. Then plan to join us for those prayer times. Let's come together. Pray in agreement. Amen? Because I'm telling you, prayer changes things. But the first thing prayer does, it'll change you. It'll change you. So first, we stand to stand strong in the Lord in the midst of transition is change. We've got to be of single-mindedness. Two, we've got to be joyful. Be joyful. Say these with me. Be single-minded. Be joyful. Be prayerful. The last thing I want you to see here, the last foundation for standing strong through transition is be focused. I'm going to tell you, focus is such an important thing. There are times in our lives, yes, where we want to look at all the surroundings and take it all in, but I'm going to tell you, nine times out of ten, 99.9% .9 of the time, you better be focused in life. You better be focused with what you're doing. You better be focused in your home and in your marriage and with your family. You got to be focused. And, and if you're going to stand strong in the Lord through, through t seasons of change and seasons of transition, you got to be focused. Paul writes here, he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue in anything praiseworthy, he says, meditate on these things. Meditate. Set your thought. I mean, run it over and over in your mind. Meditate on the, these things. The New Living Translation says it this way. I really like this version. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In the midst of transition and change, maybe where you kind of feel like life is a little bit out of control, he says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts in the middle of that change. What's true? What's honorable? What's right? What's pure? What's lovely? What's admirable? Fix your thoughts on whatever is in the middle of it that's excellent and worthy of praise. You can search the Bible from beginning to end, and you'll find a whole lot of scriptures 
on fixing your thoughts on God, fixing your heart, setting your heart on Him. You'll find a whole lot of Scripture on, 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 on focusing on the things of God in your life and what it will do in your life. You see, being focused on Jesus so you can run the race, so you don't lose sight of the prize, so you can reach the goal and accomplish the purpose. You see, transition is getting off first base. It's leaving something behind. And like I said, we need, there's, they, all of us have stuff we need to let go of. And you say, but I can't let go of this. It, it hurts too much. No, you need to let go because you'll never get to the other side. Jesus, I'll, I'll go back. In the, in, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel had to leave Egypt, painful place, slavery, horrible place. They had to leave Egypt in order to go to this wonderful promised land. But they left and they went through this place called the wilderness, and the wilderness is called transition. It's called change. And in the middle of it, they hated it. They wanted to go back to pain and suffering. But until they left Egypt, until they determined that they're going to go through this to get to the promised land, they, would, they never reached the promised land. Jesus, in the Gospels, the Bible says that he went into the wilderness. It's very, it's very similar to the children of Israel going into the wilderness. Children of Israel were in the wilderness 40 years. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, 40 nights. But Jesus had to go into transition. He had to leave the life of just being a carpenter's son. He had to leave the life of just being, being you know, somebody that, you know, just a normal person. He had to leave that life. He had to step into the middle of this transition. He had to leave it behind so that he could come out. If you read the other side of the story, it says that Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything changed. Because he was willing to let go, he was willing to be in transition. But I'm telling you, folks, in transition, you've got to be of single mind, the mind of Christ. You've got to determine, I am going to be joyful. In the midst of, of the wilderness, in the midst of all of the changes in trans, I will be joyful. I will be prayerful. My, my heart is going to be set on him. And I will be focused, not on me, like the rest of the world tells us we need to be. I'm going to be focused on him and coming through this transition, coming through to this other side. The promised land of, 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 of our lives, which, which we know the Bible, which, which Paul referred to, is the upward call of Christ Jesus on my life, on your life. You see, there's one greater thing than you in your life, and that's the call of God on your life. It's greater than your life. It's greater than your breath. It's greater than anything. It's the upward call of Christ Jesus. I want to have the worship team go ahead and come back up. You see, if we're going to stand strong in the Lord, church, I'm going to tell you, if you are going to stand strong in this coming day, in this coming season, because I promise you, we're in transition. I promise you that. Because I know the Lord's spoken to me. 
not just for me, he's spoken to us as a church. It's part of my responsibility as a pastor to know, to know the sheep, to know the condition of the flock. And God is calling us into this place of transition. You may call it a wilderness, I don't know. But all I do know is this. He will never call you to something unless he calls you through something. He's, got, he's calling us to go someplace. He's calling us to a greater purpose, but we gotta be of single-mindedness. We gotta be of the mind of Christ. We gotta be joyful. We gotta be committed to prayer, and we gotta be focused, focused on what he's calling us to. Now I want you to look back at Philippians 4. Look what happens what Paul says happens when these people do this, when they determine that they're going to be of single mind, they're going to be joyful, prayerful, and focused. Verse 7, it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. When you set your, your, your sights and you decide within yourself and you decide to be diligent about being of the mind of Christ, being of a single mind. You decide, I'm gonna be joyful. I'm gonna be prayerful and I'm gonna be focused. Paul says here, the peace of God, which is beyond anything you could ever understand in the natural. Why, why do I have peace some days when the world's falling apart, when there's all kinds, why? It's not the, the peace the world offers, it's the peace that God offers. And it surpasses all understanding. He says that peace, that peace will guard your heart, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And then verse 8, he says it again, but a different way. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, I want peace, but I'll tell you, there's nothing greater than having the God of peace with me in the midst of transition in the midst of change, in the middle of the wilderness, the God of peace will be with me. Would you bow your heads in prayer? See, I believe every one of us need and want peace. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of transition, in the midst of change, in the midst of this coming year, I believe we want and we need peace. God wants to give us that peace. See, you can navigate whatever it is you're going through. You can navigate that with the peace of God. Walking with the God of peace. See, you can... Right now, this morning, you can let go of whatever that is in the past, no matter how painful, difficult, no matter how controlling, or whatever it is, you can let go of that. Because the peace of God will flood you. You can let go of that because the God of peace is walking with you. I'm going to tell you, church, it's time to reach forward. Let go. Reach forward. Set your heart and minds on what God has for you. Know this, that your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. 
God has something great for you, and He's calling you to it. If you'll let go, reach forward. So, Father, today I, I just pray, Lord, over every person here. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, empower us to let go. Empower us today to let the past lie, to let it stay where it's at, to let go, to set our minds and hearts on the things that you have, that upward call in Christ Jesus. Set our hearts and mind on that today. I'm going to ask you to take a step right now. I'm going to ask you to take a step and stand. If you have something to leave in the past, to let go of, I want you just to stand to your feet because I want to pray over you. So if there's something that you're saying today, I, I want to let go. I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to let go. Father, I pray right now over every person that is standing to their feet that have taken this step. Lord, I pray right now that you will turn their head towards you. Lord, that you will loosen the grip on the past in Jesus' name. And that arm will move forward. Just right now, stretch your arm out forward. And just say, God, I'm letting go. Your peace is with me. And I'm reaching forward for what you have for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Father, that's our prayer, Lord, over every person here right now this morning. I'm going to ask if everybody else will stand and find your communion cup. I can't think of a better way to seal what we've talked about today, what God's doing in your life right now, to seal it with sharing of Holy Communion. Because I'm going to tell you, within the elements of communion is the power to change. It's the power to become what God created us to be. It's the power for eternity. So just, if you would, just take... If you need a communion cup, just wave your hand. We'll get one to you. But take that wafer out right now. Jesus says, this is my body, which is broken for you. It was broken for you so that you can change to become like Jesus. It was broken for you so you could be made whole again. Let's partake of the body. Jesus took the cup and he says, this is the covenant. This is the cup of the new covenant, the new, the new agreement, the new covenant, the new day, the new life that is in Christ Jesus. He says, the newness of life is right here in this cup. He said, I want you to drink it. This is in my blood, he says. This is a deal that Jesus made in your heart with his very blood. He says, drink the cup of the new covenant to know that you have a new day right now, today. Let's drink. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. I thank you for every person today here that has heard this message, opened their heart, received your words, and 
has decided today that this is going to be a day and this is going to be a season of transition and change. This is going to be a season of reaching forward to what you have for us. And God, I thank you, Lord, today for this. And Lord, I pray as we do, and as we enter into this week of prayer and fasting, as we enter this spiritual growth challenge, Lord, that we'll all take it serious. Because I believe with all my heart that this is the way that God intends for the church to fight our battles. So I want you right now, church, lift your hands and worship with us as, as we sing this song. And as we close this service, because I'm telling you this, this is the way we fight our battles.